You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we're going through a series in a relationship status and uh, looking at relationships through God's perspective. Um, and one of the things that stood out to me uh, as, as I was even preparing to do a series on relationships was how do we view relationships um, in line of uh, how, the, how society views relationships? You know that social media has changed the lives of people, right? Social media, I'm just talking, for those of you in Oracle, social media has impacted our society. No way, yes way. Uh, when the President of the United States takes to, tr- to Twitter to inform the public of what's going on, social media has impacted our society in a very, 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 uh, staggering way. In fact, um, there are over a billion people that will be on Facebook today. Think about that. All over the world, there will be over a billion people that will be on Facebook today. That's, a, that's probably more than will be in church. Yeah. And so we, we, we process this this, this uh, um, this reality, and I, and I want you guys to be real. Please, LWC First Service, let's be real about what's around us, that we live in a very social media society. If, whether you want it, whether you like it, some of you love it, it's a part of what, where we're living. Our kids, our grandchildren, children, our great-grandchildren, they're all going to be embracing social media, and so we got to understand this. Um, and, and so what you find with Facebook is people don't think that anything is official until it's Facebook official. In other words, we didn't have a work day until we made it Facebook official. There were images on Facebook, and everyone said, wow, this is what happened. Oh, my goodness, that's wonderful. And, and so when, when you look at statuses, last week we talked about marriage, and, and, and I wanted uh, for Eric to bring a message, which I thought was wonderful. If you were not here last Sunday, I would, I would, uh, I would just encourage you to, to go on, online and to our podcast and listen to the, 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 the first part of this series. Uh, it was wonderful, and, 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 and you'll gain a lot of insight to marriage and how marriage is not what, what was his whole theme? Marriage is not the ultimate. I'm glad you were listening last week. Marriage is not the ultimate. The ultimate is a relationship with Christ. Marriage is just a picture, a symbol of our relationship with Christ, the church and Christ. And so when you make marriage the ultimate, you get let down because people let us down. Amen? Who doesn't let us down? God. God. So God is the ultimate, and he's, he's want us to, he wants us to grab a hold of how important that is. So today we're talking about singles, and, 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 I, and I want us to grab a hold of the important fact that, that when I talk to singles, I may be talking to some of you. And you're not alone when I talk to singles because in 2014, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that 124.6 million Americans 
that are 16 years and older were single in the U.S. 124 million people were single. That's 50 percent. In 2014, that's 50 percent of our society are single. And so when I'm talking this morning, I'm talking to the half of our society. It might not be the half of this, uh, this service, this, this first morning service, but next service, we probably have more singles. In this, the next service, we may have more. I don't know, but I know it's half, and it's increasing. And, and, and as we look at this, I, I, I want for us, when, when you see that Facebook status that says, I'm single, or I'm a widow, or I'm a widower. How does that apply from God's perspective? And that's what I really want for us to grab a hold of. We, we see how the world looks at social, uh, 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 your relationships through social media, but how does God look at relationships? How does God view your singleness? Because if we do it God's way, it will be a be the best way. Amen? If we do it God's way, we'll be able to walk through the challenges that we have being single. And so I want us, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to start in verse 8. And then I'm going to look at verses 29 through 35. Because what is happening here... As Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians, is he's going to address singles. Now, this is important. This is really important because Paul addresses singles in the very middle of a, of a, of a passage, of a very, very middle of a, of a discourse. And you need to understand, everyone needs to understand that when Paul or any of the, the, the biblical writers, when they wrote, they didn't say like chapter one, I'm going to say this. Verse 3, verse 5, I'm going to say this. They didn't write in chapters or verses. They just wrote letters. And so he's writing, and he gets to this part, which we call chapter 7. There's, there's chapter break. We, we, we broke them down into chapters. But Paul gets to this place, and he's starting to talk to couples, first of all, the first, the first seven verses. He's talking to marriages. And what's he talking about? Intimacy. He's talking about sexual intimacy, and that's another sermon. We'll, we'll talk about that next time, okay? See, even the, the thing starts going crazy when I say sexual intimacy. The... And some of you guys went like this, oh, today? No, that's next. That's, that, that'll be another, another sermon. But he's talking about sexual intimacy, how a man's not supposed to, uh, uh, he needs to fulfill the responsibilities of his wife, and, and the wife needs to fulfill the responsibilities of her husband. That's exactly what that, what that context is. And then he comes to verse, verse 8, and he says something that really stands out. He says this, he says, let me pray. Father, thank you for, for your word. Your word is what is true. And so as we uh, as we. Go to your word to read and, and to listen to your word. I pray that we will apply it in our lives, Lord God, for those that are single, that, we will, uh, that they will apply it in a way that's going to honor you and, and embrace it, Lord. And for those of us that are married, that we'll be able to love single people the way you do and, and view things a lot differently because we'll view it through the lens of, of, of Christ 
instead of the, the lens of society. So we pray your blessing over your word. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So verse 8, he says, So I say to those who aren't married and to widows or widowers, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. So what does that help us to understand? That Paul was what? Single. Very good. Paul was single. And then he goes to verse 29. And he says, let me say this, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. The reason he's saying that is because marriage takes your focus off, off of a lot of things. Anyone ever realize that? Not that your spouse is demanding. Don't say that right now. He said, those who weep or who re rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use these things of, of the world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon pass away. See, Paul always lived in the expectancy of Christ's coming. As Christians, we should always live in the expectancy that Jesus could come today. The Bible says he will come like a thief in the night. So he lived in the expectancy that, that, that Jesus is coming. He says, this world as we know it will pass away, uh, will soon pass away. In other words, it, it can happen before you know it. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. And, and then we're getting to where I want to get to. And, an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please who? Him. God, right? But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. So you're torn. You're torn there. His interests are, say it with me, his interests are divided. Have you ever noticed that? When you're married, that your interests are divided? So you don't have to answer that right now. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. And that doesn't mean that the, that, that the, the marriage bed is defiled. In fact, the Bible says that the marriage bed is undefiled, right? And it's, 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 it's holy in the presence of God. But what he's saying is that whenever, you're, whenever you are, are married, there's a lot of things that are going to be tearing at you. And, and coming at you, and when you're single, when you devote yourself to God, then God is your, your resting place and the, the love that you need. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. Notice that it's not law. Paul's not saying this is law. This is what you have to do, which is what people do. That's what religion does. It puts law. He said, I'm not putting this as a law or restrictions, but I'm putting this to you so that it can be helpful for you. Someone say, I need help. I, I, you guys don't have to say it, but I need help. I want God to help me, right? Why are we so afraid to say, I need help? Do, do we have it all together? Say, I need help. Yeah, we all do. Thank you. I need help. I want you to do whatever, <laughs> and I didn't even know this. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I bet you guys, maybe some of you have, but I bet 
the majority have never looked at this passage and let it just speak to us. Has anyone ever told a single person the things in this passage? Anyone ever just said, hey, this is what the Bible says? So from this, let's, let's extract two God-given qualities of being single. Two God-given qualities. Quality number one, it's a better life. <laughs> Why? Because I'm saying that? I was talking to someone uh, about this. We were, we were talking about, about this passage, and they said, that's what the Bible says, right? I says, exactly. That's what the Bible says. Sometimes, sometimes singleness is just better. Thank you. Thank you, that one, that one that's beautiful. I, I think people have, have a skewed view of singleness like it's the plague or something is wrong with single people. Do you remember the song, and it has nothing to do with being single, but do you remember the song that used to go, short people have... No reason to. Short people have no reason to live. Remember that song? That's an 80s song. And, and, and you heard that song, and, and, and I think that when you relate it to singleness, I think a lot of sh- single people think that there's something wrong with them. And for us that have been married for decades... We, we forget what it was to be single. We, for, we forget. But single people, they, 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 they sometimes have a skewed view because they're looking through the wrong lens. And Christians, okay, Christians are notorious for always trying to set single people up. We're not, I've done that. I have, do, I have done the things that I'm not supposed to do, I have done. I've had single people and saying, you know what? There's someone that I can set you up with. And it usually ends up in disaster. It usually ends up, have you ever put, sent someone on a blind date? And they come back and they tell you, don't ever do that again. I don't need your help. You know, we hear people say things like, you're not married yet. Like if there's something wrong with singleness, instead of us saying, praise the Lord that you're not married yet. I was talking, I was talking to to someone real close to me, and and they uh, they were saying, man, marriage is really hard. Marriage is really hard. I didn't know the in-laws came with my with with my spouse. (laughs) Talk to someone who knows, right? Marriage is hard. And, and, and so um, there is nothing wrong with being singles, with being single. Notice how Paul approached it. Paul said, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. Now, if you're married, it's, always, it's also a good thing. Okay, you need to know that. If you're married and you're here today, it's a good thing that you're married. I don't want you to say, you know what? It's better for me to be single. The pastor said that. I want a divorce. That is not... <laughs> That is not what I'm saying. I know what some people are thinking right now. This is my way out. At finally at church, 
They said, it's better for me to be single. As soon as we get home, I am going to drop that, that. I'm going to drop it on them. You heard what the pastor said. It's better for me to be single. Later, Gator. That's not what I'm saying. Marriage is a good thing. But Paul's talking to single people, and he says, sometimes it's much better if you just stay single like me. Not all, not all single people are unhappy. Not all married people are unhappy. Not all single people are happy. And not all married people are happy. And I think what changes, what changes the dynamics of our happiness or our unhappiness is in who we are relation, who we are in relationship with outside of the confines of our singleness or our marriage. If you're in a relationship with God, you'll never be lonely. If you have a born-again experience and you're walking with Jesus, you will never be lonely. Can I tell you something that you need to grab a hold of? That there's a lot of married people that are lonely. Just as lonely as single people. And that's because they're not in relationship with the one that will never leave us or forsake us. And that's God. In fact, you may be in here today and you're married and you're, you, you, you feel so lonely because you don't have the relationship that you need with your spouse. Can I tell you what God wants you to do today? He wants to, you to get your relationship right with him. And then he'll work on your spouse. You may be here today and you're single and, 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 and you feel so lonely. You, you see couples. In fact, I, I, see, I have been around single, single people and, and, and I've, I've seen the impact that singleness can have on you when your priorities are in the wrong place. And, and, and you, you don't even want to be around uh, uh, get-togethers where couples are because you feel out of place. Valentine's Day is, you know, Valentine's Day is, is horrible for single people. You know that I was looking at the, the statistics. I think it's like $19.2 billion were spent on Valentine's Day. $19 billion. The average that a person spends on Valentine's Day is $137. I'm very far below the norm. <laughs> Shauna's not happy about it, probably. <laughs> but the reality is that Valentine's Day, we look at it, you know, oh, Cupid, you know, oh, this and that. But can I tell you that that if we would look at it from a whole different perspective, and I thought about this, because we used to do a Valentine's banquet, we'd all get together a couple, oh, they'd be happy for one day. But then we'd have a singles table. 
We have a singles, and I never even thought about it. You have a singles table. You have all these couples. And then you got the singles in the dark. Right? And there's a, there's a, there should be a different perspective for us in the church. There should be a different perspective. It doesn't matter if you're married or single. Do you have a relationship with the Almighty? Are you in love with the one who is love? Are your priorities and your lens focused on the right things? Because there's a second quality that comes with singleness. Not only is it, is it a better life when you're called to singleness, and let, let, me, let me say this before I go into the second point, the, the second uh, quality. Let me say this. There are seasons of singleness. There are seasons, seasons of singleness. So sometimes you're single for a season, and it's that time that you can get yourself Right? If you've been in a relationship that left you broken, don't go into another relationship right away and get more broken. Get fixed. Let God do the healing. That person is not going to do the healing. I don't care how beautiful they are. And so you take all this brokenness into another relationship and it ends up in another broken relationship. And this one after another and after, and this is not to put condemnation, this is just fact. This is just fact. And so we get to quality number two, and the, the second quality is that we can focus. We can focus. Paul wrote, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Simply put, wrong relationships can get people really distracted. Have you ever been in a relationship that is not that is not a, a, a positive one, and you're so distracted, you're always up or you're down, and you're up and you're down, and you're up and you're down, and you're all around. Then your view of life will be out of focus. Your view of God will be out of focus. You know what? People look at God through, their, through the lens of their circumstances uh, instead of looking at their circumstances through the lens of God. That's a, that's a good one right there. People look at their, at their God through the lens of their circumstances, and they look at God as a, as a very, very bad God. Instead of looking at their circumstances through the lens of God and seeing things through his perspective and letting him fix you and everything else. Let me tell you why single is better. Because you can put your full attention on some God things that really matter. Some people say, I wish I could do this for God. But I can't because I have to ask my wife. Or I want to do this for God, but I have to ask my husband. I really want to, I really want to get connected in the church, but... My, my husband, he doesn't want to, and, I, and I, have to, um, I have to try and balance that out. 
I had someone tell me one time, you know, I, uh, we had talked to him about leadership. He said, you know what, I believe God wants you to, to, to take a next step into leadership. And I said, pray about it. And they come back and they say, you know what, I, I'd love to, but right now it's not the time because I, I still want to do things with my family. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's, that's, that's a fact. Family relationships can take us away from doing the things of God. Sometimes people say, you know, I, I want to go to church, or my, my wife doesn't want to go to church with me, you know. And, I, and I, <laughs> I want you to grab a hold of this. Guess what? When you're single, it's just you and God, baby. It's just you and God. If you're single here today, no one, no one will tell you to turn down your worship music. No one will tell you, why, why are you always reading your Bible? In talking to someone uh, this, this week, they said to me, you know, uh, my spouse said to me, you know, you're, you're so active in church, you, you don't do anything over here. You don't do, I wish, I, I want you to be this person you were before. And my response was, no. No, they don't want you to be the person you were before. That's, that person right there didn't walk with God. Now think about it, because this might be true in your life right now, how we can keep each other in our marriage from doing the things of God and accomplishing the things of God. And I'm, I may be talking to a single person right here. Think about it, single person. Right now, nothing's keeping you back from serving out the purposes of God. Nothing. Right now, you can get grounded and rooted in Christ, and nothing will keep you from it. No one. Paul explains, he said, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord. You can, be, you can give all your time to God. And that's really, think about it, that's, that's what all of us want to do. Really, when we walk with Jesus, we want to have that relationship with God. Now, is God going to take all your time? No, that's not the way God works. He's going to add substance and value to your life. People try to find substance and value in a, in a, in a, in a relationship, and it leaves them empty because they don't have God. You put, I want just a little bit of God. I just want a little bit. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get a little bit of God. 35-minute preaching. Don't go over that. And, and 10 minutes, I'm going to sing if I sing, if I sing. To God, I'm gonna, And that's enough, God. And then my relationship is falling apart. Why? Because we give everything to our relationships that are broken instead of our relationship with God. And you wonder, you wonder why your lives are falling apart. Let me put it another way. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder why my life is falling apart. It's because the one who needs my attention gets the least of my attention. Here's two key truths. The first thing is singles have more time for God. 
I'm not saying that singles make more time for God, but you have it. One of the benefits of being single is when you want to do the work of God, there are fewer barriers to prevent you. If you want to go on a short-term mission, which we're going to be going, putting the, the works together to go to, to uh, uh, Puerto Penasco soon, all these things, if you want to do it and you're single, can I tell you that you don't have to check with your spouse to see if it's going to work on your calendar or theirs. You just say, you know what, I'm not working that week, I'm going. But if you're married, what do we have to do if we're married? If you're smart, let me put it another way. If you're smart, right? Hold on, let me check with my wife. Hold on, let me check with my husband. The Bible says an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. The problem is, I'm talking to a single person, the problem is when your flesh or the devil, they come and they lead you away from the purposes of God by magnifying your loneliness. So many single people magnify their loneliness. I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. Instead of saying, God, you're with me, you're with me, you're with me. God, fill my heart. Fill my heart with your pure love. That is something that every human person is incapable of giving us is pure love because every one of us are flawed. I can't give Shauna pure love. I can, the best thing I can do for her is give her the love that Christ has given me. Because outside of Christ, I am no good for nothing. The Bible says that, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 7. And so we grab a hold of, of the reality that we need God. The second truth is single people can live to please God uninterrupted. A woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord. And let me tell you what happens. People go from one relationship to another one, and they end up, they end up, and I'm not saying this, no, it's okay to go into a relationship, but I'll say this, please, please, please be grounded in God. If you're single, give yourself time to be grounded in God. I don't know if you know this, but relationships are hard work. Marriages are hard work. Uh, Eric last week talked about marriage, and he talked about how he desired, he desired to be married for years, for years, for years. And then him and Christy, and Christy's a wonderful woman, a missionary, loves the Lord. But he got married, him and Christy got married, and he found out it's hard. How many of you found that out when you got married? It's, how many of you got up this morning saying, man, this is hard? <laughs> this is hard. You know, and I think Christians, I think we, we even skew that up because we say, oh, it's, it's, it's the best life in the world. It's the best life in the world. You're such a liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> right? The best life in the world is that we have Christ with us. No matter what we're going through, no matter if my wife is happy or unhappy, 
No matter if I'm in a good mood or a bad mood. I mean, our, our, grand, our grandson woke up today because, you know, they're staying with us as his, his dad is finishing up the academy, police academy in New Mexico. So my, my daughter and, and my grandkids are staying with us for a couple months. Pray for us, please. <laughs> pray for us. Pray, pray hard. But he gets up yesterday morning, three years old, in a bad mood. Three. How much more when you're 23? And you have a lot more things to be mad about. A married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. How about, how about wives? Wives, Paul said, a married woman, or yeah, a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Now, now the whole context, check me on this, the whole context there has to do with, with uh, sexual intimacy in marriage and how, and how the, the Corinthians got it wrong because they thought, you know, now that we're, we're in Christ, now the body's bad, so we can't have, we can't have intimacy. That's, that's a bad thing, that's, and that's a whole other sermon, but that's exactly what the context is. And, and Paul said, no, it's a good thing. Everything that God purifies is holy. He says intimacy is wonderful, but, but he's talking here. The, woman, the married woman has to think about, how, about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. And simply put, men are very, what, demanding. No, think about it. Men are very demanding. And, and so a, a, a woman, she, she might work in, uh, outside of the home, and she does all the work and has to do all this, and then she comes home and has to take, pick up the kids, take care of the kids, and, and, and get them fed, and all these things. And, and, and all she wants to do is get a little bit of time to read her Bible, get a little bit of time to, to, to pray, but she, she's got she's to feed the kids. She's got to feed her husband. She's got to take care of this. She's got to bathe them. She's got to do all these things. And then the husband... The husband, he's still wanting. He's still wanting. You got to get prettied up for me. And she's saying, I just want to pray. I just want to pray. And you better pray. That's exactly what's going on. And so, when you're single, and, and, and if you're single here, you can grab a hold of this and own it. Own it. It's a time when you can spend quality, focused time with God. Don't mess up your singleness by trying to push doors open that God is not opening for you. Here's your action steps. Four action steps for singles. I made up a word for the first one. I can do that because I'm preaching. <laughs> Replace your loneliness with Godfulness. Replace your loneliness with Godfulness. Fill up your life with God. I love what Paul told Timothy. Timothy was a single person, by the way. Paul told Timothy, exercise daily in God. You don't need spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gym are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so 
making you fit both today and forever. If you're here, some of you are single here, and, and, and we think about working out, and I know you see me every Sunday morning, you say, I, I really want to emulate Pastor James because I know he works out. The reality here is, Paul says, you need, to, you need to really focus on what's important. Fill yourself with God. Muscles are okay, but can I tell you, muscles are going to come and go. A firm body, that's okay, but can I tell you, a firm body is going is to come and go. And the, I'm 50 now. It's a lot harder to keep a firm body when you're 50. <laughs> and when you turn 60, I think it's a little bit harder. I know some 60-year-olds. 70, it gets a little bit more difficult. And then forget it, right? <laughs> so the second, the second action step is embrace accountability. Embrace accountability. The Bible says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? You need to find avenues that you can internalize his word. First thing, Sunday morning worship experience. Be a part of it so the word will come. And then a small group is a great place for you to find that accountability. Everyone needs a mentor. Everyone needs a mentor. Or some Christ-centered a fellowship where you're going to be able to talk to someone. I love it. I love it because I pray for my young adults all the time. I pray for God to bring people into their lives, people that are going to be there that are going to tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, right? The, the, the third thing is important, the, the third uh, action step, appreciate your worth in Christ. Appreciate your worth in Christ Your singleness does not determine your identity. Jesus does. I'm single. I I can't find anybody. Nobody loves me. I'm just going to eat worms. (laughs) You are a child of God. You're in relationship with the Almighty. Make the most of your singleness. And the last one is, is so important. So important. The last one is so important. Write this down. Don't, 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 don't get in a hurry. Don't get in a hurry. Pastor, I've waited for, I think I've waited for a week. I'm ready for a relationship. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not ready. Now, Dr. James Dobson, who I really respect, he said, it's better to be single and unhappy than to be unhappily married. And I, list, I, 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 I read that and I, and I thought about this. I, it's, it's so true because it's a lot easier to turn a boat around than to turn a ship around. Hear me now. It's a lot easier to turn a boat around than it is to turn a big ship around. Marriage, marriage gets really complicated Amen? It comes with other family members. When you got to turn that ship around, it's a lot harder to navigate it. Now, God can do it. God can do it. But when you're single, you can say, you know what? I don't think this relationship is right for me. You can stop it right there, and you can turn yourself around. What does repentance mean? One of the greatest things that I heard uh, in the last couple weeks is someone tell me, you know what? I needed to 
turn around. I needed to repent from where I was headed. I needed, I needed to turn around. Turn that boat around, get out of a bad relationship, and get, himself, get yourself in a good relationship with who? With Jesus Christ. I have a little short video. We, we don't, we're, we're past time, but give me just give me another minute or two, or maybe a little bit more. Um, I got this short video. I want to kind of helps us not to get in a hurry. Go ahead and cue that up, please. And now, here are the featured singles of the week on eDesperate.com. Hello, ladies. If you're looking for a man who is hairy macho, have I luck for you. And his name is Vlad. <laughs> I am super hunk of man who has many things to offer fine lady, uh, like a uh, job, a home, pool, and many fine speedos. With such long time between showers, my man smell very powerful for you. So, a click on contact, I am ready speedy quick for wife to be cooking, cleaning, in no time flat. <laughs> no time flat. <laughs> Hi, my name is Caitlin, and I'm looking for a relationship because my stupid loser boyfriend, Jeremy, broke up with me. I'm totally fun and not at all bossy or controlling. Jeremy was so wrong about that. I'm super sweet and fun and not at all a bitter, angry troll. So call me or click or whatever and whenever because I'm spontaneous and I'm totally carefree. And we are going to have more unplanned fun than Jeremy could have ever imagined with a devil woman who sucks his very life force. You hear that, Jeremy? I'm gonna have fun. I am carefree. I'm gonna have a blast. More fun than you could ever dream of. Greetings, female members of the species. I go by many names, but in this universe, I'm referred to as Steve. Um, my hobbies, you ask? You know, just small things like slaying dragons, creating and destroying worlds, and saving the universe from disease zombie hordes. Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal in cyberspace, and there are a lot of chicks that are hot for me in various planes of alternate reality. For example, QuestGirl142, Sheena, the 12th level warrior goddess from the ancient world of Tegrithia, and various other hotties that are way too numerous to count. And so, I, the Golden Paladin, would like to offer up my allegiance to you, milady. And uh, hopefully you have a car. <laughs> Steve, have you even showered yet? Mom, I told you I was making a video! Check back tomorrow for more ever-available singles on eDesperate.com. So I'll close with this. We don't need to get in a hurry. Amen? God has someone very special for every single person. If that's what God has called you to, but the most important thing is that we have this relationship right. Amen? Have that relationship right. You want to bow with me and we pray? So every Sunday I, um, I give you an, an opportunity, if you haven't done so, to become a follower of Christ. And to welcome him into your life and in your heart. Today is the day that some of you will say, I need Jesus. I, I need him.
as my Savior and my Lord. I don't want to be lonely anymore, and I can tell you from my perspective, you'll never be lonely when God comes into your life. So if you want to pray that prayer, just simple prayer, just say, God, I'm tired of trying to live life on my own. I realize that I need a Savior. And so today I'm turning from my sin, and I'm making a choice to follow Jesus. Lord, I am so imperfect. But thank you that you love my imperfections and that you make them right. I confess that Jesus died for all of my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe today that he uh, rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And so today I welcome him into my life, into my heart, and into my soul. I choose to follow you from this day forward in the fellowship of the church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.